until you can feel the hate all around you. Now, I'm going to give you something that white folks uh, will cringe at. And <laughs> I'm so glad to have this platform to do it. Racism has been the most devastating thing in the history of America. Slavery was so dehumanizing, humiliating, profit-bearing, the business of it, the control of the slaves, the mental anguish, the physical degradation, the Willie Lynch syndrome of how it controlled human beings and turned them against each other. It's something that you see demonstrated in African-Americans today who dance in the end zone, who do all of these things that their forefathers were conditioned to do. Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King podcast, and this is your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious podcast for humans simply being humans. And I have a very, very great, talented, extraordinary human with me today. Somebody that I've been um, kind of, you know, social network friends with for a while and within the podcast, I guess, game and industry of today. And uh, we I think we operate, I guess, the type of content that we put out is different into, you know, to a certain degree. But we definitely have some commonalities in a sense of just how we outlook and want to, you know, break certain things down. So we definitely wanted to, you know, when it came to the opportunity for us to, you know, do some type of cross promotion and be on each other's platform, we was like, let's do it, let's schedule it, let's make it happen. So today I have Cole Johnson of the Cole Sports Podcast with me today. And you can definitely check out his podcast everywhere podcasts are available from. I listen to it personally on uh, the Apple Podcast app, which most of you have on your phone. So go ahead. Go click that button, subscribe right now. But how you doing, Cole? Man, I'm doing great. Well, actually, I'm doing a lot better with that intro. Woo! Oh uh, yeah, I try. I try my best to, you know, I I, 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 I have fell out to being a fan of Steve Harvey, but I think I definitely came from the school of, you know, of bringing people out from him at an early age. Right. But um, <laughs> but, but right, Cole, right. You, you you speak you speak uh sports. I guess uh, I would love to, you know, start the question off by saying, you know. What made you so uh, so enamored by sports? When did you, I guess when did you fall in love with sports? Kind of like you know when did you fall in love with hip hop type of question. <laughs> Man, uh, it almost it almost feels like uh, when I fell in love with hip hop, it sort of feels the same way too. Uh, but man, I fell in love with it simply uh, at a very very young age. I mean, I was six, seven, and. Mm-hmm. Now, I grew up in Houston, so if anyone knows Texas, they know that it is a football hotbed. And, yes. from, and from August to January, it is really all about football. You can, look, you can watch other and view other sports. It's fine, but football is king. So I remember there was times I'd play outside and be excited to do that. But I remember when there were those games on Sunday, I actually would want to go inside, sit with my father and actually watch football and and the the love affair with sports started then first of course it was on the field stuff because you know well the the action is great and i love seeing combatants go at it and it's 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 beautiful 
It is. It, it, it's beautiful to watch. It, it literally is. It, it literally is athletic ballet. That's really how I look at it. You know, it's just. I'm just amazed at how these 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 men and sometimes women be on these platforms uh, the gridiron the diamond the, the court the ice and they just do these things that just make you drop your jaw it's like okay man they they're like supermen and women out here yeah so you know when when I was younger that really drew me to the whole industry altogether so mm. so when I became older I started to have my my interest peaked in okay well what makes these athletes tick and do they have issues themselves that they want to speak to outside of exactly the sports arena and then of course i would go back to athletes who did jackie robinson for one muhammad ali for another jim brown for another mm-hmm. kareem abdul-jabbar for another and and i noticed this this commonality of these athletes who really are strong enough to speak out against certain things that they saw that was ill or wrong. And the more I studied those athletes, the more enthralled I became in actually wanting to follow those types of athletes. So, mm-hmm. so you know, I, of course, I saw Michael Jordan's career, I mean, from the, t- the first tip-off in, in North Carolina all the way to his retirement. And I noticed my interest with him was tepid. I'm like, okay, well, the dude is wonderful. The dude, the dude knows what to do on the basketball court, no question. But I noticed that I just wasn't really all that excited about him versus other people who just think that he walks on water. Now, That's fast, understandable. Yeah. Now, fast forward to LeBron James, who maybe is not quite the jaw-dropping athlete that Michael Jordan was, although he makes my jaw drop, the stuff he does off the court really interests me, really compels me, and that he actually uses his voice to say things. And I'm more drawn to him because of that. And it, it helped me go back to those days when I learned what I loved about sports and what I loved about athletes. And that, of course, I learned in the end, I love these athletes who who can do these extraordinary things on the court or on the field or on the diamond or in Dr. John Carlos's case on the track. Exactly. And I love these athletes who would do these phenomenal things, but would use that platform to speak about something larger than themselves. And when I got to that age, and that was pretty much like in my, I guess, mid-20s, when I got to that stage and I learned that's the type of athlete that, that really draws me to the sport altogether, that's when my love for the sport was complete. Mm, if that makes any sense at all. That's beautiful. And I think we have to, and at least, at least I always try to, you know, encourage for people to always look deeper on why you spend so much time and spend so much attention, you know, to the things that you spend attention to, you know, the certain type of books you read, the certain type of shows you watch. It all kind of it can tell you so much about your own interest and, all, and ultimately tell you a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you I'm glad you said the, uh, the superhuman comment, because 
one thing that I feel like I've said so many times on my own show is that there's this interesting thing when it comes to the outlook and the view of, you know, black people specifically within the United States and minorities also, and just all minorities. And that is, uh, I think it was said first, I'm not sure if he said it first, but I heard it first on the the Champs podcast for with um, Neil Brennan and Moshe Kasher, which he said, black people are either seen as superhuman or just essentially uh, not eat like subhuman, not even human. It's not a, it's not an equal body, not an equal place. It's not an equal situation. Hence why my tagline is the way it is. Cause I want everyone to see the people that I have on the show and as well as the host of this show as human. Cause that's what all we are. And we all have that commonality, but I do think it's interesting that, you know, seeing these athletes doing these things and these things are so fantastic and so amazing. I think that is what, can have you could be from the you know from Houston you could be from you know the deeps the depths of Mississippi and go to Ole Miss and you've been a diehard racist your whole life and but you can still go to that game and cheer for all these people who you honestly have this really un unfulfilled and unreasonable unrational irrational hate for right um, I think it's real interesting but I think race and politics you know race politics and you know have always been a game have always been a sport within themselves you know we have you know the 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 you know the the ass and the elephant you know and they fight each other every year and they fight each other all the time and then you have a few other teams who try to you know make some noise every now and then so i think that you will always find those things kind of creeping into sports Mm-hmm. I thought it was real interesting, um, Jalen Rose, and you tell me what you think about this too. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Jalen Rose had an interview with the Breakfast Club, and he had said something that was really interesting. And um, I think it speaks a lot to what me and obviously both of our favorite sports being football. What, how, why that dynamic is the way it is, and that what he said was that if you look at the NBA's logo, it's Jerry West, it's the player. Mm-hmm. So. That speaks a lot to the identity of the entire organization, the entire institution, is that the players ultimately should have this power. Or they, they, if they come together, if they realize these things, then they'll understand that they control a little bit more of what's going on. While with NFL, it's a shield. And it's almost an American flag. <laughs> and it has the stars, it has the stripes, it has the colors. So it's not the player. It's that football in the middle. It's those letters. It's those colors. And it's that shield. And it's a flag. And it's a very patriotic sport. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of the, you know, a lot of major, major cities have these, have these teams. A lot of people have really grown, grew up generation after generation of Bears fans, generation to generation of Packers fans, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And they will live and die by these colors. And yet, we still have this separation. And I've always thought it was interesting, you know, that that is how it is. But we see how the treatment of, you know, professional football players, especially professional football players of a certain hue, how exactly they're treated. But tell me, what have you noticed to be the most, I guess, the most um, outstanding thing from when it comes to just race and sports? What have you noticed? Because I feel like you've you've paid and you've been around way longer than I have to pick pick out certain things that are like, oh, 
when did you first notice that this was a thing is the better question that race and sports were two things that are going to always be a thing Ooh, when did i first notice it i would de- definitely have to say i first noticed it uh i probably was about 10 when mm. when I, I when i had it understood because understand when i was 10 uh, the concept of black quarterback was such a foreign thing that mm. you almost had to really reach into the depths of your mind to to know has there been one or if there has been one has one started for a long time you know so that's when i started to realize there is an issue with race when it comes to sports and as i said that came early now the following year warren moon came from the cfl and signed with the oilers so i was in, i was indoctrinated with race in, in sports then now as i've grown older of course i've learned that you know you know the sport that you and i both love the most football it is 70 percent black mm-hmm. uh if you can if you can name a minority owner or I should say, if you can name a non-Caucasian owner, because I really don't like using the word minority, if mm-hmm. you can if you can name a non-Caucasian owner or a non-Caucasian majority owner in the exactly. NFL, please tell me, please enlighten me, because I don't know of one. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I started to understand the the understanding of things that, well, <laughs> to pardon the pun, that 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 tips the playing field in favor of other cultures and the dominant culture you know it, it, it and i know you've heard this too because i've heard it as well that it seems to be this dynamic of the of sports being a very hardcore analogy to the slave and slave owner but of course i know slaves didn't earn a thing single thing except but yes. whoopings yes Whereas athletes get paid money, right? And and I've I've in like naive to inter, to interject, but uh, I've actually had you know I've, I've had an episode about that called Balls and Chains with uh, featuring sports fanatic Albert Agbo, mm-hmm. um, where it was a great episode. Definitely go, you guys should go check that out. Still getting plays from that episode still to these days, and I and, I, and we spoke about you know I was really inspired by the you know the the forty million dollar slave uh, book. <laughs> um, and and I've always said that before I even read the book, I thought I had that mindset because I, I once I seen how certain things happen, you know, mm-hmm. certain contracts and how certain things went, right. and when certain people got hurt that were just you know the biggest thing last year, they get hurt, you know, at the beginning of the season, and they're essentially kind of thrown away like trash. It's kind of like oh, so these people who maybe the stars are very disposable to you. Right. And then and like like they're not people, you know, mm-hmm. like you put all this energy in courting them, get them to come to your, you know, to your to all these different things, especially if they're a high profile, essentially their pick, mm-hmm. um, especially when they've already been established in the league. They've already have some type of, you know, some type of clout, you know, and it's it's interesting to see how they're treated and yeah. how they'll be thrown away if they seem like they're damaged goods instead mm-hmm. of kind of treated as you know what they're treated as and i think it's interesting because like 
I think the NFL is probably one of the few wake up calls a lot of athletes get. You know, um, they definitely get another one. You know, when from from high school to college, just any through in through each transition. Mm-hmm. You know, where you you assume or you hope that you're at a you know at, the, at a skill level to make it to the next level, and then once you make it, then you're 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 great. You do what you can, and then yeah, that fear comes again. But once you make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You think I've made it. Everything's great. Everything's good. I'm gonna be fine. I just gotta do my job, and I'm gonna right. be good. But then you right. get hurt. Mm-hmm. And then you do these things, and then you don't really know how to manage your money, and all these things happen. Yep. And I think it's yep. extremely interesting to see that you know there is such a thing as the collective bargaining agreement, right? Where they're literally, you mm-hmm. know, every so odd years they're arguing over billions of dollars. Yes. You know, you have thirty yes. people. And mm-hmm. another, you know, few thousand mm-hmm. who are literally arguing over, you know, we should have this money. And no, you yeah. should not have more money. Why do you right. need more money? It's less of you splitting right. the pot. So it's Yay. it's hell of it's hell of a, you know, it's it's hell of a, you know, you know, uh it's just a system that's all I've always thought was very strange. And at first, mm-hmm. you know, I always thought, you know, so tell me what's what's your take on what's your take on the whole, you know, the college uh, college students being paid uh, uh, debate. What is your take on that? I I look at it this way. I I hear people say that, that, okay, this athlete is this athlete, athlete X is getting this said scholarship and he's already having a free ride and he doesn't need to be paid anything. Mm-hmm. However, if the college for which he and I hate to say more long lines of he, the only the only she program that I can probably place would be the University of Connecticut women's program, maybe a few others, basketball program, mm-hmm. but but mostly it's football, college football, and college basketball on the men's side. Exactly. Normally, that's the, that's the cash cow of of the NCAA. Exactly. These athletes don't get paid a dime, and 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 they, uh, when they're on the field, they don't get paid anything. Yet these colleges make millions of dollars. I'm not even talking about the conferences. These colleges make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And not only that, they sell the likenesses of these players along, along with it. The, the the colleges and the NCAA. So how is it? That you have these 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 people on the field playing, they represent your school. They have most schools. They have your name across the front of their jersey, and you can say, well, they have their name on the back, but they have your name on the front of the jersey. But because he's considered a student athlete, he doesn't deserve to have any type of spoil to come with the hard work that comes with being the student athlete that he is because look we can tout the he should have a 4.0 gpa all we want you all know that with these colleges and these universities it is about money it is about money for these institutions to run so you have this even even if you're not an athlete right so -hmm. if you have these athletes earning money for your school but you're not wanting to share the wealth what sense does that make so yeah, I really believe, especially these big programs, college football and college basketball team uh, teams, the players need to be, they need to be paid something because you can't have these big time, 
TV deals with both basketball and football. You can't have these big bowls that they play in where just going to it, they get nine and ten figures just to be there, just to mm-hmm. actually go there. The school gets broken off double, uh, nine and ten figures just for the appearance alone, not what they earn when they play. Just going exactly. there, that's how they earn. Exactly. It's ludicrous to me that they don't get anything that that their award is, well, you 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 go to school, you go to school from August to May, and you don't have to pay out your pocket. Uh, yep. n- no. You take care of what you eat, where you live, and right. that's about it. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I think the, the, the matter of sacrifice that's happening is absurd to me because it's like you're, you're putting your body on the line. You're putting your own health on the line. You're right. actually like license, licensing out your own natural talents that you could use for whatever else. You could mm-hmm. just be a very in shaped individual and just can just run a four three just cause just for just for fun. Yeah. You know, it could be mm-hmm. very recreational. Yeah. But you're allowing you're kind of allowing this institution to borrow, you know, what it is because in, in exchange there gets there's a very great reward that can come from that. And to me I've right. always thought mm-hmm. um because I I've you know have still fairly young and still have a lot of friends who've you know either played college sports and people who've just been through that system either and you know from football or basketball and they you know they say a lot of them even say it was like i would have loved to have been paid but no, honestly i feel like i would have been irresponsible with the money and i'm like okay if that's the case that's fine you can build you can let's build that money up let's right there literally is there are you know mathematicians who can tell you how in the world this quarterback has a larger rating and is a better quarterback when he has identical stats to someone else in a whole nother division how which one of them is better how we can figure out how which (laughs) from a point system how we can create this certain system so who we can figure out who is number one based off of stats and based Mm -hmm. off of records if we can have all the all that energy to figure that out i can only imagine we can come up with a great beautiful you know, financial equations to come up with something that can give you something based off stats to performance and calculate all those things and set that money aside. Just keep dropping all those, keep dropping in all their individual accounts and it gets released once they leave. If they go to the NFL, then uh, that's a beautiful present. You know, it's yeah. just be a, a big lump sum that you get. And if you choose not to, because I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of student athletes who don't go to the league right or at least don't go immediately afterwards or so many things can happen they may honestly just want to be student athletes go into their careers do whatever and i think for that work that they put in if they choose not to do those things i think they should definitely get that if you are a d1 athlete you've made it this far cut out all these different odds and have that skill it's not they, you shouldn't be punished for choosing not to, but you definitely should be rewarded for the work that you've already put in. I fully and, agree with that. I and, fully and agree just, with that. And just let it be like the fact that you have uh, these you know kids going to draft day and their parents have to like borrow money to pay for a suit for them to wear on draft day. It's absurd. Right. right. The fact that it they is. have to like half the family can't even come because mm-hmm. it's we are not paid. We're not. We're broke. Yeah. Essentially, like mm-hmm. the, the fact that you are able to go to the school and you're on a free ride has been a blessing to the family. But it could only it could, uh, only imagine just if all the tension like the, I could only imagine if I was a father of 
of of a you know of a very star athlete and i really don't have much to show for other than just the work that i put in you know i've I was out there right. with him. I was the one who taught him how to throw that ball the first time. <laughs> right. right. I feel like my son should get something for the work that he's put in. That's how I would feel, at least. Mm-hmm. Especially if he, if I literally had to, you know, pull some extra money up or make some extra money out so he can make sure I get him to, uh, you know, Chicago, get him to New York so he can hear his name being called. Or maybe not hearing his name being called when they think it's going to be called. Right. We've seen this. We've seen this. Yeah, happen. too. Yeah. So I think. They should get something. They should get some some type of package, some type of situation where it's like, okay, we good with y'all. Y'all got y'all pieces. When you when you graduate, here you go. And it'll just create even more incentive for people to be even more skilled. And if 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 student athletes need any other incentives to be student athletes and stay healthy and remain you know remain very skilled, that's definitely one that they know that they're getting a big big lump sum of money at the end. Yeah, yeah, and, and here's and here's here's to tie into that too because I really think how these athletes are conditioned in the NCAA, especially in football, because there there is the mandatory three years in NCAA's before you even get to the NFL. Mm-hmm. How that mentality ties into how they are when they are in the NFL and they're playing. Exactly. Now, now I want to go back to your, your Jalen Rose point. It isn't lost on me that in baseball and in baseball, along with basketball, you have a player for a logo. Yep. And that, of course, conversely, the NHL and the NFL, it's a shield. And mm-hmm. NFL, as you, as you so eloquently said, is the shield is in the colors and even in the likeness of the American flag. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's also a correlation with the labor unions of these sports yes the the highest paid players are in baseball and in basketball and and it is because their unions are extremely strong mm-hmm. and and the sport has a commitment to the player in in large part because the whole sport from <laughs> From the ball boy or the top, or, or yeah, from the ball boy to the owner, all have this commitment of, okay, the sport is being sold by the players that are in it, and when you have that understanding, then you start to see these astronomical salaries, which some fans are arguing about. But I'm, I'm like, no, you can't argue that because the, these labor unions argued for that, and they deserve that because. These athletes are on the diamond or on the court 10 months out the year. You yeah. know, <laughs> just because we don't see them in baseball, just because we don't see them from November to, to February and in basketball, just because we don't see them from June to October doesn't mean that they aren't in in gyms. They aren't in courts. They aren't in batting cages. They, they aren't in the gym. They are working their craft. You know, mm-hmm. that is a job. You know, so it is. Yeah. So you have these strong labor unions who back the player and you have the owners who actually back the player and they say, OK, yeah, the league is really in your hands. We're fortunate enough to benefit, be beneficiaries of it and help you out. And, you know, because we we have more of the cash, of course. But you know what? You all sell the sport. You all deserve to have more of the lion's share of the revenue mm-hmm. conversely with the nfl you have 
the weakest labor union there is in sports, period. Mm. And and you have this mentality that I really believe was honed from college where, it's you know, well, you know, the 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 university and the deans and the presidents and the NCAA uh, president, you know, they are supposed to earn the money. You're supposed to be the labor and you're supposed to play. And that's all you're supposed to do. And that condition carries with them to the point where you have most of the most of the players in the NFL like, OK, well, I'm happy with the scraps that I get fed. And, yeah, people can argue and say, well, OK, I would love to have the nine big year. Uh, oh, yeah, I would I, love to have I love that the seven, scraps. Yeah, I love to have that the seven. Tastes real good. Right. I love to have the seven, six or seven figure scraps. Mm-hmm. I, would, mm-hmm. I would love to have that, too, of course. But if you know that you and you said it beautifully, if you know that these over 1000 players earn billions, they earn billions for the whole sport and they can get billions paid to them and they don't fight for it. That doesn't make sense. Now, if you yeah. were to now, if now, if, if 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 people were to break it down to how you all live, how we live, where if we are on a job and we work hard mm-hmm. and we get our check and we see that that the money is not commensurate to the work that we're putting in, you're going to want to fight for more, right? For sure. I, I would think, yeah. So <laughs> you would do whatever it takes to fight for more of the share. If you're going to do put in work, you want to be compensated for the work you put in. Well, these NFL players are not being compensated for the work they're putting in. And people could say, well, hey, they live a lifestyle that I would love to live. Yeah. But they're still getting paid pennies on the dollar. And <laughs> and exactly. And, and when the the owners locked them out back in 2011. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was a, that was a, that was a rough time for a lot of people. It was. Especially the fans too. Yeah. Like the the I definitely won't say the fans, you know, reacted were at the had the worst part mm-hmm. of it, but I, it was interesting to see, you know. I remember I was uh I forgot, I think I was still in high school actually. I was still in high school mm-hmm. and I was 17 mm-hmm. and I remember I was at my part-time job at Burger King of all places. Mm-hmm. And really 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 ready for you know to graduate and i remember there were several several you know uh patrons who came in that day and were just on like having this real interesting you know debate like several people and they weren't even together like you think they really can do that you think they can really get rid of football i'm like, <laughs> I'm like and i had to laugh but i was like i mean from i've been paying attention to this story and I, it can happen it's they don't have to ever get to an agreement it would be wise to right it would be very wise to you don't want to you have a a infrastructure that has been built and has been around for decades Mm -hmm. you would not want to you know have to liquidate or do something else with that or try to pick up the pieces in some form or fashion and and also it's just it would take so much energy for you know players to even try to you know create their own thing but i feel like you know that effort isn't something that they should always count out either i think um it should always be something that's in their back pocket, especially when you're talking about just ownership. Right. Like this will be con- this will continue to be an issue mm-hmm. if 
the owner's mindset does not change. If no. the owner's mindset does not change and understand they're still, and I think that's just, you know, that's a, a corporate philosophy that I think everyone should take, is yeah. that you have to understand you're working with people. Yes, you're making yeah. a stupid amount of yeah. money and making a stupid amount of money in this world can make you very out of place and very out of touch with just humanity in general. Mm -hmm. But you still, I feel like um, I feel like I'm hopeful enough to know that people can see people like we yeah. can understand. And, and, and obviously everyone wants to, you know, to get what they feel like they earn. So mm -hmm. there's a way to find, find that way to get to that point and when it comes to just the amount of money that it is i don't care if it's a penny i want all of mine yeah exactly if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm a talent if i have a certain whatever if i've put in whatever type of work and for, and these people have came out for me and all the people on my team or yes. just for me alone it doesn't even matter i want all of those i right. want everything that i can get right and i want every, and i want everyone else who because we don't even know if the players are being you know cheated out of money i could only imagine mm. all right other you know employees yes. of NFL are being cheated out as right. well. Yeah. You know, you look into um, the entertainment. And mm -hmm. Look at you know, you know, I know a lot of women who you know aspire to be NFL cheerleaders and NBA cheerleaders, and that the fact that they even get scraps is ridiculous. Right. It's kind of like you're cheering, you're cheering for millionaires while you still out here, you know, mm -hmm. living pretty, you know, low. And yeah. it's kind of like let's spread that wealth. Let's yeah. really truly get it all out there figure out a better way to distribute this situation because there is a way to do that and for everyone to be happy about that and, and to understand that this is just how it is you work for a company everybody needs to get paid mm -hmm. this is how the revenue is going to be divvied up simple as that. right we're going to break gonna it negotiate down the things exactly. and break it down and make everyone be paid the value of what they're paid they should right. be paid for and regardless yeah. of if people quote unquote don't come for the cheerleaders and don't do these things, the fact they have a, a job at, within that capacity and if they were missing, people would feel like it's something missing, let's pay them their value. Because that's right. just how the world is. If yeah. you wherever you are. Right. But the, just to just to stay on the topic of mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen these articles, but um I definitely need to talk about, you know, we need to talk about Michael Vick. And how he's been in the news and what he's been in the news for and essentially going to be talking about two people in this still this very large institution of you know sports in general as well as the nfl specifically and in um one article that i want to share with you is from the root um the root.com who write who writes a lot about a lot of a lot of black center issues really mm -hmm. great um really great uh, website for reference but they said nearly one thousand this is the headline one thousand one hundred thousand opposed Mike Vick's Virginia Tech Hall of Fame nomination, despite the fact that he's clean cut. Great, great. Wow. <laughs> great. And 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 I love that that's I love that that's a thing. And you know, and I'll definitely, you know, put that link under the you know the uh, description in this um in this episode. But let's let's really unpack it. I I Personally, I've already said my pieces on, you know, on Instagram, but I definitely wanted to, you know, come and talk to you about it as well and see what you thought. But just to be brief, I was really disgusted. I was really thrown off. I think everyone within that specific interview that he had with, uh, uh, I forgot <laughs> the gentleman's name, Jason Whitlock. Yeah. Um, everyone in the room was very taken back that he, he of all people was saying he was having this as suggestion for Colin Kaepernick mm -hmm. um, on cre essentially changing his image, and I'm glad that you know you had a person like Shannon Sharper who I 
Shannon Sharp who came Ooh. in and gave you some just real talk. And um, and it, and because I had shared the exact same sentiment, it's like the two things. The, you two are not the same. Mm-mm. Like the fact that they the the fact that they even asked you is a que- is a question that you're not qualified for. And this was before they even asked the question. I was happy to see Michael Vick on television. I was, right. still, I was still a fan in that moment. But it as his as he, the words that came out of his mouth, it really made me really truly retract that love and appreciate the talent appreciate mm-hmm. everything he's done and what he represented but as of now as the person that he is being the commentator that he is i do not support the man and um because it's just it's very blind and it's very it, the the sense of you know submission was in the wrong place and um and the fact that he's encouraging another gentleman who is not only in the same position as him from from a player's position but also, like, he's a black man, too. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's kind of like, if you're going to have any type of, see, find any type of, you know, sentiments and see this man as, like, a common person who's being targeted. And you, now that he could have spoke on, he could have said, well, you know, this is what I say he could do. And then I would have appreciated that comment. But yeah. the fact that Shannon Sharp can lay it out and read it just like the world should have read it mm-hmm. as, you were a criminal. Mm-hmm. Regardless, you can argue about... You know how damaging what he did was done you weren't supposed to do it you were involved in something you weren't supposed to do you're a high profile person you had to be punished for those things you can be you can be against the the severity of that all you want whatever it is it happened Mm -hmm. so you had to you wanted to enter back into this industry that you were already a part of so you had to go through an image change personally i personally you know understand you know imaging and things like that but i think you know there's a certain way and there's a certain line that you have to get that you have to create and there's a certain boundary that you have to create when it comes to your own image and the image that you want to present because once you change and you compromise Mm -hmm. yourself to a certain point they're going to continue to change you they're going to continue to control you because that's all you really have to do and that's why i'm like i love because that's why i always like applaud colin because i feel like he worked in a place of you know, very he, he definitely he definitely compromised within his own boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just sitting down. He was sitting down for quite a long time before anyone noticed that Thank he was you. sitting down doing yes. this and made that into yes. a story. And mm-hmm. then he compromised and was like, okay, you know what? Because I do respect whatever this is. I do respect, you know, the armed forces and all the people who have fought for this and the people who are good people, good or great Americans. And all these different things. So you know what? I'll at least just take a knee. Mm-hmm. I'll meet you halfway. I won't sit down because okay, that can seem that could come off disrespectful to people who I'm not even trying to disrespect. Right. And I don't want my message to be, you know, overshadowed. So I'm gonna definitely take a knee though. Because mm-hmm. I'm not standing up because I want you guys to do these things. And when I seen as soon as they came at him about it, he was he already had a plan. He already had his 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 talking points together. I'm like, oh, this man is he is on to something Mm -hmm. and it hardened me to see you know the game that i love all these great athletes you know truly truly turning their backs on them saying these things like you just need to play football essentially doing the work for the people who don't want him to do this doing Mm -hmm. it for them and it's amazing and vic essentially followed suit and truly truly submitted to this large institution of the nfl and i just mm-hmm. i want to know when you seen those things what did you think about it what did you think about vic feeling that way 
about Colin Kaepernick of all people? Well, before I even get onto that opinion, I, <laughs> my brother-in-law is a huge Michael Vick fan. I mean, to the mm-hmm. point where to this day, to this day, he has the road, road and the home number seven Falcons jersey and sports. Mm. So, yeah, so he's a huge, he's a huge fan of Vic. Now, now, with that being said, I'm with you. I appreciate the exploits on the field, and I, I loved the, the comeback story after his, his stint in prison. Yes. I you know, love it. Love it. Now, I will say this about Vic. He did need an image change, just from the standpoint of... For sure. Yeah, just from the standpoint of... I agree. Yeah, you did this crime, and yeah, you... You may not have been complicit in actually doing the fighting, but you broke the law in funding it, and someone fingered you for it, and you had to pay the price and go to jail. Now, now I understand that he needed to have that change. He needed to go through that change, simply because if he wanted a chance to be in the NFL, he had to look the part, dress the part, so he could be the part again. He couldn't be the guy, I hate to say it this way, he couldn't be the guy with the cornrows anymore. He, he couldn't mm-hmm. be the guy that was a swashbuckler. He couldn't be the guy that that was all about having Allen Iverson on one hand and Lil Wayne on the other, just being just the, the king of uh, king of hip-hop swag. He couldn't be that type of Michael Vick. And I knew when he came back, I knew that was gone. I knew that was gone. Yeah. But I was happy when he got back to to playing and he actually ended up becoming a better quarterback when he after he served his time. So the adjustment to actually change for him was necessary. He, he, He had to do that. He had to undergo that. Now, for him to actually say what he said about Colin Kaepernick, it almost seems as if he tried to put on. Okay, well, what Colin did is similar to what I did, and if he were to just simply take the shears and just shave off his hair, so he can be, you know, so he can have the low top fade, low top fade like I have, and dress in suits and and be and be that stalwart, quote unquote, NFL caliber starting quarterback, close quote. Then he could be back in the NFL and the NFL would embrace him with open arms too the problem with that is twofold one Colin did not commit a crime exactly <laughs> and, and two if he were to cut off his hair and don a suit that would be compromising what he has done for the last I would say two years not just one year because you pointed out beautifully he's been doing that stance long before the San Francisco reporter outed him for actually sitting at the F for the anthem. You know, mm-hmm. so when I heard what Vic had to say, my heart was hurt because, Mine too. you know, because I'm, I'm saying to myself, Mike, you know better than this, man. You know better than to say this type of junk. And, and, and I just basically looked at what he had to say. And when the and when the video was over for me, I looked and I saw speak for yourself. I said, oh, okay, that makes sense. So the hot garbage that was being spewed in front of me was on a television program with a journalist who wants to spit hot garbage at every single turn, especially about Colin Kaepernick and Jason Mm -hmm. Wedlock. You know, so I'm and 
and I felt for uh, I think it was Marshall with and it was a, I forgot who else was on the on the panel with them. I felt for them because I know their jaws are dropping. But you saw yeah. <laughs> but you saw What do you Jason, do what do you do when that happens? <laughs> yeah. But you saw Jason <laughs> grinning almost with Oh, okay, I have an ally here. This is great. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not great. You're basically Never. saying you're basically saying to the people out there that you cannot stand up for a principle because if if the if the big bad establishment says you know you can't do that, then you have to kowtow to their wishes. Oh, I'll use the Stephen A. Smith word. You have to capitulate to the power, and you have <laughs> to stop doing it all together. No, yeah. that's not what we're supposed to do. I mean, yes. we live in a country where supposedly this is the land of the free and home of the brave, which of course that's the last last stanza of the first verse of the Star Spangled Banner. If that's the case. Cop Kaepernick has the freedom to say, you know what, I don't like the fact that there are people who are getting murdered by law enforcement because they just simply happen to be either black or just somewhere standing on the corner. And that's so simple. Yeah. And they're unarmed. I mean, (laughs) I don't happen to like that. You know what? And I don't like those types of cops who are that way. Yeah. You know? So, you know what? against that oppression i'm going to make a stand and silently yeah and i'm going to do it silently i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say hey i'm actually doing a protest i'm just going to make one i'm going to actually stand up against something that to me is not right and Mm -hmm. and and what has hurt me about the whole thing with Colin kaepernick it's not him now I'll admit he 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 did make a couple of missteps, you know, to actually do a stance and and I get the Fidel Castro link, I get that, but to make that stance and, and not really know your audience fully, yes. you know, yeah that you know I was like okay if you can adjust that and he did, if you can adjust it just a little, then I think you would actually speak to a lot more people and he adjusted like you mentioned earlier he decided not to sit. Beside the kneel, he those those small slight adjustments made him speak to a whole lot more people. And when that mm-hmm. happened, you know, it, it was it was beautiful to me. It was beautiful to see a lot of people back him for you know what what he stands for is exactly what I stand for. I don't like what I'm seeing out here. I don't exactly. like I don't like turning on the news and seeing a. Philando Castile or Alton Sterling or Terrence Crutcher. I don't like to turn on the news and we see a Tamir Rice or or, or or Eric Garner or name the unarmed person that gets killed by a police officer here. I don't want to tune into that. And this guy is standing up for it and he's actually using his big platform to speak. Well, doggone it, I'm going to use that platform with him. And I'm going to yep. support him. To the, point, yep. to the point where his jersey in 2016 was the number one bestseller in the NFL. And what did he do with the money? And what did he do with the money? He donated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I love—and and that's, about, and, that's oh, beautiful. It is beautiful. What I loved about the the criticism that I kept hearing about Colin Kaepernick was, well, he's doing all this stuff. He's actually making this grand gesture. Well, why don't he do something about it? Okay, let's see. Hmm, let me see. Empower the youth, which he's done. Uh, donate money to charities. Which he's done. He's done. Uh, uh, actually, help out people who are in need. Which he flew out to Somalia done. and fed 
fed the hungry, which he's mm -hmm. done. So I'm like, okay, what are you going to attack him for? This is not just something that's a publicity stunt. This is what he believes, you know, and and and, and I, I liken this to a smaller version of Muhammad Ali because Kaepernick, although it is not being a full force or full frontal denial of being in the NFL, there, there's there's a there's a wink wink nod nod and a, and a hit hit on the ribs saying this guy will not make us money in fact he will draw the he'll draw the custom base away from us this is the owner speaking we can't have this guy on our team because that's going to be less money for us now they're not doing a hardcore ban on him like like what boxing did with muhammad ali 50 years ago but there's some parallels to that and the the big parallel is it's funny when you see the stance that a, a, an athlete makes how in the beginning you have the you have those who support him but you have this big time opposition on the other end saying wait a minute you can't do this because you're speaking out against something that 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 goes against my country this isn't right this isn't just you got to sit back you got to stand back you got to fall back you got to be in your lane and stay in your lane to borrow Laval Ball's terms mm -hmm. you got to stay in your lane you're an athlete you aren't supposed to speak you aren't supposed to make make these grandiose political gestures or these social justice uh, uh, gestures do what you do best which in Holly's case is box or do what you do best Colin which is to play football be quarterback don't speak about these issues. Don't do anything outside of the lane. Stay mm -hmm. in your lane. Remain superhuman. Right. Remain superhuman. Don't don't get to don't get to the iconic status of actually saying this is wrong. And if you're gonna say that I'm wrong, so be it. But I'm gonna stick to my guns and say this is where I stand. And that this means money's gonna get taken from me off my table. So be it. But I'm going to be solid in my stance. Yep. And it's amazing with Ali that people only 10 years after his stance in the beginning turned around and said, man, that is a wonderful brother. Wow. This guy stands up for principle. Wow. This is the guy that I want my sons and daughters to be like. Yep. It's, it's amazing how that turnaround happened. But in 1967, he was public enemy number one. Mm -hmm. And the similar thing is happening with Colin Kaepernick. 50 years later and it makes you think has this country really learned this lesson about uh, about racial understanding have they really understood it or oh, we know they haven't right or right right or or we're just simply going through the motions and saying you know what these problems we don't want to see we're going to sweep it under the rug and we're just going to go on with our business throw that touchdown run that ball 10 15 yards to that first down just don't concern yourself with how Washington does their business, how the law enforcement does their business. Don't concern yourself with, with, with human stuff. Don't concern yourself with humanity. Concern yourself with football. Stay in that lane. Stay within that white chalk. And you just do what you were supposedly born to do. Because you're not born to speak out on issues. That hmm. infuriates me. Yeah, that, it, it infuriates me as well. And I, and I think... I've always, and not only just with athletes, but with just anybody, any entity that has a very large sum of resources and wealth that the, that they have now have a social responsibility. And even if you don't want one, 
Even if you don't believe in having one, there should be a cause that you feel some type of connection with that you should then support. Because that is how you truly allow for the world that you live in to remain very sane and safe in your mind. Because if you always think about, you know, um, it's a story by Edgar Allan Poe. It's called Mask of the Red Death. And in this story, you see so many people who are partying on the top of this hill in this mansion. It's a masquerade party. While the rest of the lands and the people are literally going through a famine and it's pestilence and literally a dying and it's like disease. And the disease is personified. And it comes to where the where this party is happening and people are just merrily on their way, <laughs> trying to ignore it, staying in their high place, being the 1%, and they end up all dying. Mm. So it's kind of like it goes and it's no way to get away from it. You can right. avoid it. You can be ignorant. You can accept it. Blissful ignorance for a, a very large part of your life. And trust me, it will hit you in some form or fashion, mm-hmm. either by just straight up biology, which we're seeing with John McCain, where he's literally the, the thing that he has <laughs> so much responsibility for. He wow. now is utilizing you. Yeah. It will get you. No matter what you believe in, if you have faith, if you believe in biology, if you believe in karma and just the universe, whatever it is, trust me, these balances are the things that you want to always keep in mind when you have gone at this type of wealth, when you've gone at this type of resources and just have these things. And especially when it comes to athletes, get to a high place. Don't just, you know, put it on to, you know, the NFLPA and the NBAAA and all these different organizations to kind of keep you in the community and keep your pub- keep your, your publicist has you doing, you know, go sees and walk arounds and meetups and, you know, meet and greets and things like that. Truly, truly, truly figure out what's going on. Figure out what's happening. Go to your, you know, your hometown. Go to your college town. Figure out what's happening and what's going on so you can contribute your time as well as monetarily. Because that right there is going to go so much further. And it actually is going to create, it's going to actually keep your pockets lined even more. Right. Because we love to support a person we know is for us. Right. <laughs> We're going to continue. Right. Like you just, like you literally just came to my neighborhood and you did all these things. It's literally going to make me go to your game next year. You know, like, but I don't think they see that connection. I don't think they really understand that's how no. it works. And genuine things. Because mm-hmm. we, cause we're living in an age now, we'll, we will fact check you. We'll put you through a test of <laughs> generosity and true genuine and make sure that that is not false generosity we will do that in the day of today especially mm-hmm. millennials yes. we are really grateful for it. from yeah. the guy of coachella having coachella and then it coming out that he doesn't support gay rights and immediately he was like well you know what i don't work with that company anymore that didn't support you know so mm. it's it's that quick fire you know that happens but i think it's because we've coveted the institution of the NFL and sports in general, and we all have created this this American mentality of the number one, of someone has to be at the top, or mm-hmm. something like that. And the fact of the matter is that really isn't how the world has to be. There can be multiple number ones. There can be more than one greatest of all time. There can mm-hmm. be more people who have more things just right along with you. It's pretty damn lonely at the top, and I think you should have some people join you sometimes, is what I say. Mm. And I, uh, last last thing I want to ask you, who do you have, McGregor or Mayweather? <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> let me put on my, my 
this is how I feel hat on first. Mm-hmm. My <laughs> my hope and my wish and my prayer is that we see a double knockout. Mm. That that's what I want to see. Why? Because those ridiculous press conferences we saw earlier in July was absolutely sickening to me from both ends. Because it was like I saw in all four of these press conferences, I saw two buffoons get up and actually do sambo performances in front of the world. I'm thinking, come on, really? Really? I mean, I, I get I get trash talking fine. I, I love good trash talking, but to act a fool for the sake of acting a fool and drawing money out of people to say, okay, well, I see these two people hate each other. Well, here's my $100. I'll plunk it down on this fight. Yep. No, no. I want to see two guys who who want to display skill in front of me. And if they have genuine hatred for each other, fine. If they don't, that's fine, too. But, you know, tell me why I need to see a fight between you two. And in those four press conferences, they did not display that at all. They displayed mm-hmm. why I do not want to see one single second of that fight. Because it's just it's repulsive to me how both of them were just yes. repulsive now yes. now okay human hat off analyst hat on <laughs> <laughs> mcgregor is great with tactic in terms of he's similar to he's similar to mayweather in he likes to land his punches but he likes to get on his bicycle Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and you know he he likes distancing himself and making sure that you don't get a clean shot on him. I, I see that, I see that, and and Mayweather he doesn't get as much on his bicycle, but he he is probably one of the best I've ever seen at at basically not getting the clean shot on him. He's been hit clean in his career, but he avoids those clean shots. Now the difference to me is you have McGregor who is in his first professional fight stepping in the ring with a guy who has been boxing for 21 years. Mm-hmm. It easily is a mismatch. Take took out four corners. He got he lost four corners. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at Octagon, it's now a square. So yes, he's lost four corners. So McGregor can't run as much. He can't run for for long. And in, in seeing how he trains, I'm seeing that he is wide open for a right. I mean, I'm just seeing how he holds how he holds his defensive posture and how he wants to get his shot. And seemingly his big shot is a left uppercut. And seeing that he can be wide open for any right cross or right hook. Whew, it, 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 it just screams that Mayweather should actually knock him out early. And if he yeah. doesn't, it is an absolute insult to our intelligence. Because Man. it should not be a guy who's stepping in a professional ring for the first time first ever. Time. Going up against a guy who supposedly is the best ever, who is undefeated in his career, who has been boxing professionally since 1995. There should not be a reason for him to knock a guy who's not fought professionally out. Even with his brittle hands, there should not be an excuse. It really should yep. not. It should. It should. And I, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think it's nothing else to add to that. But yeah, bro is bro going to get knocked out. And, I, and I've enjoyed McGregor's, uh, you know, fights 
in the UFC for sure. But I definitely would say, you know, the display, because, you know, both of them are pompous. Both of them are arrogant. It comes with the territory for some mm-hmm. people. That's a personality they choose to be in because maybe that's exactly how they are. Yeah. But um, it's just certain things that I feel like, you know, were very tone deaf when it came to certain things. Oh, you God. know, a lot of, a lot of you know, it, it became a comment of conversation about, you know, his racial sensitivity. It became, you know, all these different things about, you know, Floyd playing into certain things and it's kind of like as you said it's literally got you to the point to where you question like well why are we like watching this why why is there so much attention on this thing but it's because of you know the the pomp and circumstance and you have two arrogant people coming together and uh, and especially two people who are not even in this, really the same profession they're no. both are athletes but from a sense of organization are not even there and they've found a way to find a loophole mm-hmm. to make this happen and only in boxing something like this could happen right exactly because <laughs> you you'll never see you never would have seen michael jordan going against Deion sanders <laughs> on the field <laughs> no it just would have never happened you know like him literally going out for a, a post route and Deion sanders covering him you would have never seen nothing like that no but here we are having a very fantasy type of fight happening in real life but it is what it is mm-hmm. um i would say um cole it's been great you've been a great guest you are a, a brilliant brilliant podcaster i'm glad it's it's amazing that you you've only you haven't even been doing this you know more than two years and mm-hmm. it's amazing it's amazing wow. um i really appreciate it you're definitely an inspiration to me to to think about how I sound, to think about the, the words that I bring into the, the conversation as well as the facts as well. Because mm-hmm. you can't ever fight the numbers. No. And um, I really appreciate I really appreciate what you do. I really appreciate because I think there's a there's a need for it. You need always need different perspectives when it comes to sports and especially knowing where your heart is when you look at these sporting events, when you see these athletes, is that you your heart is wherever their heart is too. And I love that. Um, and I definitely will continue to support and definitely plan on bringing you back. Trust me, the way the way sports are looking these days, there's going to be more to talk about real soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the world we live in, it's going to be more and more and more. Mm. But uh, it's, it's been a beautiful conversation uh, for everyone who wants to you know follow you and keep up with you. Let, let everybody know. All right. Well, you can go to coldsportswithaz.com. Uh, you can find my social media tags on that site uh just go into the menu bar to the top right and you'll you'll see facebook instagram pinterest and, and all and all the others right there you can follow me on coldsportswithaz.com and if you have any questions or comments as to what you want to hear or if you think i'm doing a good job or if there's a a show that you think i should be on you can Email me at Cole, that's C-O-L-E, at ColdSportsWithAZ.com. That's Cole at ColdSportsWithAZ.com. But you can check out all of my all of my shows, past and present, on ColdSportsWithAZ.com. And Rodney, thank you, man. I really appreciated this time, and I appreciate your show. Man, oh, continue yes. to do what you do, man. And it, 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 it's absolutely wonderful to me that, that you actually exist in the, in, in the podcast platform. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Oh, that means so much. That's it. I swear it does. Um, if you don't know now, you know you can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are available from SoundCloud to the Apple Podcast uh, app to TuneIn Radio, Google Play, 
I'm also a part of the podcast and color directory as well. And I'm a part of a collective of podcasts right here in Chicago called the Second Wind Collective. Um, shout out to my man, Dan. Um, you can follow me everywhere on social media for, at Kings underscore memoirs and check out my site at lifeasking.com. You can check out all the other little things I can do from, you know, little blog posts, a lot of cool things coming your way. Still working on, you know, a little bit of merch that I feel like would be very game changing in the sense of just propelling the messages that I've put out recently and the ones i plan to put out just in general so definitely keep looking out for those things it's going to be a great great campaign um keep listening i really enjoyed this conversation i really enjoyed doing this i really have enjoyed the support that i've been getting the feedback that i've been getting it's been nothing but just constructive and positive and very inspiring so just keep on listening keep on listening and make sure you share if you enjoyed it um This is the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. This is Simply King. I'm Rodney Perry, and I'll talk to y'all next week.